right. Are you okay? We 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 got this, bro. Don't worry about it. Fuck fuck your microphone. We're going raw. Yeah. You sound beautiful. I know it's gonna it's it's gonna bug the shit out of me until I can figure out what to do about it. Don't I know worry. It I'm gonna get there. For right now, though, for right now, let's just chat. Let's shoot the shit. Yeah, man. Let's enjoy enjoy each other's company. How are you doing? How was your um, Christmas? It was awesome. It was very low key. Yeah, me and me and the ladies, me and the immediate family. So that was fun. And just kicked it, man. Enjoying some time off. I don't really know what to do with it. So this is great. This is nice to be able to do this. Do you eat some? Do you eat some bomb ass food? Yeah, dude. I ate all the food. I ate all the food. Actually, it was pretty gangster on New Year's Eve. Nobody felt like cooking, so we got a Chinese takeout, which was pretty fire. Haven't had some okay. Chinese takeout in a while. That's good. And then uh, I, I cooked on Christmas. Made some, nice. Made some lasagna. Made the some. Fucking, uh, the fucking lasagna. I wonder if 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 the gentleman by the name of Rocco Martone uh, also had some lasagna or something similar. For, you know for- what? I think we should find out what this uh, fellow East Coast Italian did for his Christmas celebration. I'm very curious. I'm because very curious. he's so nice and sends us holiday cards and texts us all the time. He does. I need to check my fucking mail. I, I think I've got one in there waiting for me. You do. It's beautiful. Speaking of, speaking of beautiful what's up guys hey buddy hey man how are you you know the tide has shifted when i am tech more tech savvy than sure at this uh i know dude i am uh, this is gonna fuck with me like really really bad until i get figured out i have this i have this very nice expensive microphone that i bought and it's been working great for a while and just today I decided not to <laughs> something something to do with the fact that i unplugged my computer from all my shit and my where, where it's set up on my desk and took it to Arkansas with me for a few days since I came back a lot of things have been different and it's fucking infuriating like removing one plug and then plugging it back in computers like no 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 we're not gonna have this and then lo and behold like it's fucking bullshit but hey man it is what it it's is it's the matrix trying to corrupt this meeting of the minds right here that knew <laughs> it would be this big of a deal and it didn't want the information to get out one of our favorite records of the year were but it, it's happening whether they like it or not before before we jump into our favorite records of the year speaking oh, yeah. of the matrix did anybody check out the new matrix movie hell to the yeah i did yeah Rocco, did you check it out? Are you are you a Matrix guy? Did you watch those when they came out? No, I think I watched the, the first one when I first got a DVD player. But uh, yeah, I haven't watched any of the other ones. Oh man, I, I like a little I like a little more shrubbage, you know, some shrubbery in my movies. I I, I can't just have the cold hard steel of dystopian societies too much. Rocco, Rocco needs a camp. Rocco needs mm-hmm. a Rocco needs fucking bows and arrows and shit like that. Rocco needs the green inferno. I get it. I respect it. Yeah, I'm with I, it. I'm kind of with that too. But this one, I think Rocco would like because Keanu Reeves has a lot of shrub in this. He has a nice beard, and <laughs> and it's like it's more accessible. I feel like than the other Matrix movies. It's not as like straight laced and serious as I mean it is, but I think it's a little bit more for everybody. It was really fucking I, cool. I thought I like I liked it. I I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. I thought it was I thought the direction that she went in with the story is probably one of the only only satisfactory directions that the story could have gone in. I do yeah. like that. like you said it was there are places where it's a little bit more lighthearted, but at the same time I do think that there's some pretty interesting social commentary there just like there was in the first three movies. Um I I liked it. I enjoyed it. I did think it took a little a little while to get going, but once it got going I had a lot of fun. I agree. 
I, I was almost going to comment about the lack of George Carlin in it, but then I realized that's a scary movie too, not or yeah. scary movie. <laughs> not Matrix, so. George Carlin in the Matrix would have changed the whole dynamic. I don't think. I don't know which scary movie was in. I think it was two, but or three. I don't know, but uh, I think yeah, sometimes I the parody for scary movie. I haven't oh, seen that. Sometimes the parody becomes part of the canon, you know. Yeah, and it's and that's fair, I think. And that you know, there's a little bit the movie, the new Matrix movie, kind of deals with that in a way. Um, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty cool. But you know what? God damn it! This is a fucking. I loved it for the for the time being. Hold this on. is still a music podcast. Still is, but we it's also. What do you? Not a movie, it's not a movie podcast. It's not. Not yet. Anyway, what rock? But we have to get to the bottom. We we started talking, and then Rocco came in, and and we lost our train of thought at his uh, yeah. at the beautiful site. But what? How was your <laughs> Christmas, Rocco? What did you do, brother? And did you have a proper Italian meal? We were wondering. No, uh, my Italian side of the family is not around, so I uh, spent it with my wife's family, which are Ukrainian. So there was pierogies, some turkey. Um, it was pretty late back. Fucking pierogies sounds awesome. It does. This might, sound like, this, this might sound like the strangest sentence. Either. I don't like eating in front of other people. So yeah. Christmas is never really about being a gavon for me because I don't really like eating in front of people. I don't really watch other watching people eat. So this is, this actually resonates with me in a, in a far too comfortable register. <laughs> I, I'm the same way, man, especially because like, if I, if I am in a setting where I'm like eating with somebody else, I'm kind of always on guard. Um, it's like one of the things that I like to do is just like, especially at certain meals of the day and certain times of the week and certain times of the year, just like completely abandon portion control and go crazy. And I can't do that shit around others. I can do it around my wife uh, because she knows what kind of a monstrous fucking animal I am. But uh, with other people, I kind of hesitate to, to let the animal out. And so I understand where you're coming from. And my wife has similar issues too. And like her family has no, has complete disregard for her and mine, but I don't really care about myself, her disregard of condiments and sour creams and things like that. So it's just a slop fest and everyone's egg being a fucking pig and she's over there not eating and i could tell and i'm just like all right people take it easy so what are the, what are the holidays what are the holidays without being made uncomfortable by your family yes or in my inherited in the, that's right i guess that's, it's the authentic experience i never even thought that in law is short for inherited family until the second i just said that by the way is it really i didn't know that it's got to be right what else could it be yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, or in law by bylaw, maybe, but uh, yeah, like I don't you're, know. You're, you're married, you're, not, you're related to them, not in blood, but in law. I, mm. I, I like, like the inherited part better, though. Yeah, right. I, or, or what about what about like contracted family or like, mm. um, well, families are like a disease, so you could contract them in a lot of ways, right? Sexually transmitted family. We are. <laughs> I choose to pick my family rather than inherit them or be born into them. So, uh, um, it was good. It was chill. It sounds great, man. <laughs> <laughs> it involved a lot of coping, uh, coping substances, which are, you know, beer. And- You're welcome to my house for a super chill, proper Italian, <laughs> non-sloppy meal anytime you want, brother. It's been a long time since I've had a lot of Italian food on Christmas. Come on. Dude, me and me and Zach met up in person for the first time recently and went and saw Napalm Death together. And we could not stop talking about how the main thing that was missing from that night 
was Rocket Marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say lasagna. Um, uh, <laughs> very close second. <laughs> We could have gone and gotten lasagna if we really wanted to. I think that, I yeah, I was def- I was I was definitely a little jealous. I was like, yeah. uh, I wanted to ask about that anyway. Like, how did it feel to finally like be in the same room with each other? Like, it, it must great, be man. It was, yeah, it was like awesome. it, honestly, it was like we we'd done it before. I like I, I feel like I know this dude so well at this point that there was no awkwardness. There was no like you know what do you do uh, or whatever. Right. I meant more like the, were you like, was it an emotional? Like to be like, wow, this is like a, it's like a long oh, lost yeah. family member that you've actually, you know, it doesn't matter that you've never met, but it's still yeah, like. It was, it was cool as fuck, dude. We were eye to eye. Yeah. It was like an action yeah. movie scene when we first <laughs> hugged each other. We're walking down the the street of the Washington DC downtown area, just locking we, eyes. Oh, I like we that it was outside. His brothers. It was, uh, it was truly amazing. Did you give the, the, uh, the predator arm, the Conan, the. Arm, no, that's forearm. We'll, that, we'll do that next time. This is just a full out fucking bro hug, man. This is it a was. full body, full body hug. Yeah, and I like stayed in his apartment for like hours. Yeah, we just sat there and shot the shit. Yeah. Like four hours. My wife was like super curious. She's like, "Who's this fucking dude that you've been talking to other people with on the internet with for yeah. like a year and a half now?" And uh, she she says hi. By the way, Zach. So like, Zach, Zach and my hi, wife are buds now. That's cool. So this is cool. He says, hey, baby. That's right. I'm sorry I said it like that, too. Hey, baby. <laughs> She's awesome. It was, man. man. It, was, it was awesome. And yeah, we're it was definitely awesome. going to do it again. We're definitely going to do it again. Oh, yeah. Were, uh, were your show-watching um, styles compatible? Were you both like, I oh, want to go in the front. Right? I want to go to the back. I was in the pick. No. I'm a pick guy. We were definitely doing the old man thing, uh, sort of on the about the edges. But in retrospect, I kind of regret it. Um, it was like a Monday night in DC seeing Napalm Death was way more chill than I was expecting it to be. And honestly, this was the first show that I can remember going to where it was just like a push pit and a circle pit. There was no fucking crowd surfing. There was no karate kicks. There was nothing like that. And I'm not saying like those things are bad. I don't want to get kicked in the face. So I don't go down to fuck with that. But like I... I, I remember sitting there like probably two thirds of the way through the set and being like, we could be down in front right now. And like, I wouldn't even have to have my wife here to hold my glasses or anything. <laughs> we could we could be down front right now, but lo and behold, we stayed, we stayed towards the outer edges. It was funny because there was a, there was like plastic wrap hung up all over the place. Like they were doing construction. And I, it took me a minute to put it, actually it took Zach mentioning it for me to put it together. I was like, Oh yeah, this is the fucking, this is to protect from the slime and shit that Guar shoots out all over the place. So yeah. <laughs> they're trying to protect the venue. And I respect that. I was bummed out also that Napalm Death's merch had just been fucking raided by the time they got there. Like it was. Yeah. Good I, for them. I think good the for next them. day was the last day of that entire tour. Yeah. They were, they were, they towards, were the, yeah, towards they the very were. end of the tour. And they were like, of course, a bunch of small fucking like hoodies and shit. And that's the way it always is, right? Lame. I mean, good for them. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're always fucking great live. Always, they do. They were so good. Barney's a beast, dude. He looks like he's twenty-two. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wanna. I'm trying to age like Barney. Like that, that motherfucker, just skanking around like a twenty-two-year-old dude, <laughs> fucking drunk on buck fast and like ready to roll. Yeah, and it was fucking. It was pretty cool. Inspirational. It was you made me think that we're going to invent the glasses cubby for moshing. We'll put a little thing up front, put your credit card in there, put your glasses in, pick it up at the end of the show. 
That would be incredible. That would be perfect for somebody like me because like I, I also would like to take out my fucking. So the very first time that I crowd surfed was it was it corn and Rob Zombie in 1990? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And I fell. They dropped me. Right. And which is not cool. And it's not that bad when you're 15 years old. Right. You can because, you you know, you bounce back from shit real quick. But like I landed on my keys. Oh, and that shit was fucking painful. And so like ever since then, I have been like doing my if, if I know I'm going to get rowdy at a show, I always make sure. Unfortunately, I have to make sure that my wife comes with me so that I can <laughs> give her all my shit. Or that I can, or so, like I find, or like I'm in a situation where I can leave a bunch of shit at the house and just like only show up with like a debit card and my driver's license or something like that. That's how you do it. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an outside observer myself. I prefer to stay on the fringes and take the whole thing in. I like seeing everything from a further viewpoint. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's, that's where I am for the most part at this point in my, in my show going uh, uh, career like that back in, um, I think it was August. I saw Darkest Hour here um, do like an informal show. They played uh, an album of theirs called Undoing Ruin in its entirety. It's one of my favorite records of all time. Um, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. And there was just no way that I couldn't fucking get down up front for that. But I think that's the and I also ended up getting up front for Exhumed uh, last month in, in Baltimore. So that was you know, I, I guess I'm maybe branching back out. I don't fucking know. Of course, everything's shutting down again now. So there's going to be. When I, when I finally saw Carcass, when they did the first reunion before they even had a return album, they, yeah. play, they played and it was Suffocation and Dying Fetus, right? <laughs> so it was a good show, but there was a lot of Suffocation and Dying Fetus in this area of the state. It's a lot of hardcore kind of kids out. Ah, so yes. there's a lot more kicking and dancing and stuff. And that's fine during those two sets. I mean, you're going to see suffocation. You're going to see dying fetus 20 times a year in a normal year of this area. They just come all, they're, you know, they're, they're constant. But this is Carcass, first tour since a million years. Yeah. So, like, to me, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm getting, like, kicked in the back and pushed. And I don't care about that. But I'm like, my biggest issue was, like, if the, like, the Beatles are reuniting, and you're going <laughs> to fucking do your little stupid dance moves, like, this is, a, this is history. You're missing out because you need a little attention. And to do your little uh, kung fu fucking fight and kicks, it's like, motherfucker, look up. You're seeing fucking gods create, like, and you're too busy, like, because your parents didn't hug you enough doing dumb shit behind me. So, like, all right, bro, like, take a, take a gander up there. So I moved back and I enjoyed it from afar. And it was just, it was fine because I got to see everything. But uh, I always thought that, like, come on. I saw, I saw, pay attention. I saw Carcass in like 2016 with uh, Slayer and Testament. And it was, I was, I was there with a press pass. So I was like off to the side and, but still pretty close. And it's Carcass is to this day, I think the loudest show I've ever seen. Like I had my earplugs in and everything, but it, it hurt being that close. Like I could feel it like passing through my body. It was so fucking loud. They're one of my favorite live experiences. I think I saw them in that same tour. I think Immolation opened for them in uh, Irving Plaza in New York. Um, but the combination of being gods and classic dudes and playing newer shit and also like him being the funniest motherfucker in between songs, it's yeah. all encapsulating. It's everything you want from a live show. Yeah. And they get the little background shit where they actually like, when it's the older shit, they got the gore. When it's the newer shit, they got different stuff up on the screen. So it really just encapsulates everything. And just watching hippie bill steer fucking shred around with this tiny body and like 
whatever 19 year old kid they got playing drums whatever tour they're on like just go with fucking ink <laughs> shit um i missed because they played saint vitus which is a super small club in that same tour i didn't go to that my buddy joe went and he said that uh ken came out and did like a little little solo oh he did that at the one i went to i think he went to i mean i can't remember but just like a quick little uh, drum solo, but it was a uh, pretty cool to see Ken. I was out there. Cool. From what I, didn't said. Know, I, I didn't know that he was that uh, mobile. I was. It was a very rudimentary, but yeah. it was fucking cool as shit. Doesn't matter what he did. He could have just farted into a microphone, and the crowd would have yeah, lost their was, shit. So and uh, and everyone did. Him, man, I love that they. I love that he's still involved. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's involved in like some of the song titling and some of the lyrics and stuff like that. So that's that's really cool. I think it, feel, it just feels right. You know, he should be there. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of, so you mentioned Immolation. Immolation's got a sick fucking record coming out in 2022. Before we talk about 2021, um, I want to know, we haven't heard anything from fucking Chain to the Dead in a long time. And I want to know if you can tell us whether or not 2022 is the year of Chain to the Dead. Are we going to get some more shit? Is it time? Uh, It should be. Uh, The guitars are being recorded, not as we speak, but maybe... In 24 hours, there's going to be more guitars being recorded. So we've recorded some tracks. Um, it's going to be a uh, like an EP, I guess, kind of release. I don't know if that those words even make sense anymore. But yeah, it's going to be that. Um, we were we started a, a few months ago. There were some personal issues with someone that some some of the some shit go. I mean, a like a lot of us, we had like what th- uh, two marriages. I bought a house. Everyone's busy as shit. You know, whatever work and stuff. And then like some other health issues were involved, and you know things got pushed back. And uh, yeah, now we're just, we're back and uh, doing the recording and hopefully by the time uh, we put something out, it'll be time for, you know, shows. I mean, we played one show in the past like year and a half. It's the fewest amount of shows I've played since I was like a teenager. And uh, you feel good? Was it a good Two shows. Uh, Yeah, it was great. It was with our uh, buddies Oxalate, uh, 200 Stab Wounds, Flesh Tomb and Blemish. I remember seeing that fucking flyer and being like, that is a ridiculous lineup. It was a really fun show. Uh, cool venue and uh, crazy to be back. Crazy. So, yeah. Good. The ta- you know, a little taste for us to get uh, the juices flowing. And, yeah, um, things are being recorded now. Awesome. So 2022. We're big fans. <laughs> big fans. I'm always ready to hear more changes again. Man. You get to hear a couple. Uh, I think it's going to be like four news and... Uh, a blood duster cover and a pungent stench cover. There you go. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. A so. bunch. Oh, a pungent. St- oh, okay. I thought you said a, a bunch of stench covers. I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> any oh, band with the title stench, we're gonna cover. What it. would be cool as fuck is if Chain to the Dead just recorded like bin cop buttering in its entirety, <laughs> like uh, like like fucking like Six Feet Under did um, Back in Black in its entirety. You guys should just cover your Back in Black. Which, uh, if I'm I mean not that saying, album. Yeah, would you that consider, would be mine. Would you consider Bin Cop buttering your back in black? They'd be one of them. Yeah, definitely for me. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the other guys, but definitely for me. It's up there. Well, so. you just got to strong arm them in line. Man. <laughs> just be passionate they, and show conviction, and that'll convince them to do it. Yeah, they did. I mean, the first album, full length, we had our Joe. We covered a Guar song, which is my buddy yeah. Joe's all time favorite. This one, we got a Pungent and a Blood Duster, which are two of my all times. And uh, I don't trust the other guy's judgment. So we'll just go back to me and Joe <laughs> the covers after this one. <laughs> I think there's a, a typo negative uh, special uh, thing coming in the ne- uh, soon, too. I would be very excited to hear that. I am a massive typo negative fan. Me too. Hell yeah. I got my, my Christmas present 
my Christmas present from one of my best friends, Kyle, was a, a cameo from Johnny Kelly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. funny, man. Um, That's funny as fuck. He's like, hey, Schuler, this is Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative. Kyle wanted me to tell you he knows. <laughs> He knows you're fucking. And we 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 send each other uh, typo. We our text message is our text message history is almost entirely like in typo negative code at this point. I have a best friend named Kyle too. That's hilarious. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. You're lucky if you're one of them that that have a Kyle in your back pocket. You know. I I, I always anytime I talk about him and I say my friend Kyle or my buddy Kyle, I automatically think of Tenacious D. Yeah. And all that shit pops in my head and I can't get it out. Which is it's huge. Yeah. It's a great friend to have in your life. Just like Rocco Martone, dude. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here, man. This feels right. Yeah. It's nice to see you guys, man. Right. Oh, yeah. I know. It's been a hell of a year, man. It's been a good year. And I, I can't thank you both enough for all the support and all the uh, just good vibes you bring. So let, let's that, comes lift, that comes lifting 2022 is going to be some next level shit. It's going to be, it is already some next level shit, but you're right. It is going to be some am, next level shit. I am excited. I am what, excited. Are, what are your, what are some of your highlights of the year together on this podcast? Like some, uh, what, what stands out as wow. uh, moments on the cast? Like, well, we've, we've discovered that like the COVID, um, the COVID time warp is very real. And so I have recently discovered that some things I thought we did like last year, we actually did this year. And yeah. so that's kind of thrown things off. Um, but we talked to Carl from Nile this year. And that was one of my favorite conversations we'd ever had just because he was like, dude, was super fucking passionate. Um, really, really like, st- it's really cool to meet somebody who's that far into their career and like that far into their career professionally. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. who still it doesn't feel like he's talking about his business at all you know and that's what Niall is at this point just a super super cool super enthusiastic dude yeah he's um, great. we talked to Greg Burgess from Allegion back at the very beginning of the year that was a great and one yeah. he was great he was great but like he was I think he was just one of the most like honest and forthcoming people that we've had on the podcast just because we were like you know yeah because because the 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 podcast is so like deeply rooted in the covid pandemic one of the things that we typically open with is like what have you been doing throughout the course of the pandemic typically thinking that we're going to talk about like the band or maybe the formation of another project and he was just like well my best friend killed himself and like all this other he was just like super out there like like putting himself out there and it was just a really genuine conversation it's really cool to to talk to somebody and and feel like they trust you enough that they can that they can sort of share that vulnerability with you you know yeah. you guys are you, are you guys taken aback by how emotionally forthright some people could be on this yeah definitely definitely yeah um, it is you know my my experience with this with this these kind of interactions before this podcast has always been pretty professional because it's been it's it's been on behalf of a publication of some kind right and a lot of times it's email exchanges or it's interviews that are being done during like a an interview like a a publicity panel or something yeah yeah, where somebody's talking to me for 15 minutes uh like barney barney greenway uh interviewed him with um when apex predator came out we had like 20 minutes i think to talk on the phone i think i was one of like 10 interviews that he did that day Super cool, super eloquent, very inspired, very articulate guy. 
Um, but like you could you could you could tell that it was like, okay, this is just part of my day or whatever. And so that that's very much what I'm what I'm used to uh, or what I was used to before we started doing this podcast. And so it's been really cool to get to a place where like people are, we, we are trying to have like friendly conversations with people that yeah. just so happen to be artists we really like. And that's gone well. For that reason, I like how we just, it wasn't a conversation we had between us, I don't think, but how it like evolved to just um, getting people from bands that don't necessarily have new shit out or have anything to promote yeah. and someone that's not even the star of the band or anything like that. Like we'll talk to, whoever the fuck, whenever the fuck. And I think that is very cool. Uh, Zach Simmons from Goat Horror being like a huge example of that. That was a great, yeah. Was a great oh, yeah. you know, you know fucking and, and have, sorry. And having smaller bands are like, there's no cynicism. Hopefully they're not jaded and they're not used to the cycle of just talking about the new record and things like that. When you have a younger band, it's cool. Well, not even younger age wise, but just a band that's not used to having interviews all the time. Like how many interviews can some of these dudes have? Right. they hear the same questions every time and they're just saying the same stuff anytime and it's an obligation but i know so even for some of those bands like that where you go with a guy like uh, like the black dahlia and like some of the other interviews where you're you're able to get them away from that normal line of questioning and they're able to just kind of yak away for a time frame without going you know we're playing these dates and the new album's the best stuff we've ever written and yeah. you know the same <laughs> stuff the most melodic thing we've ever done yes oh. You just it's mad libs interviews you go to any terrorizer magazine for 20 years and it's the same album you know like same kind of thing so and i think i think one of the more interesting ones that we got to do uh like specifically from that approach was igor cavalera jr um he and his dad max got together and wrote a record called go ahead and die um, it came out back in the summer. It was a fun sort of like punky, thrashy, deathy type thing. The dude from Kimmy's played drums on it. Um, they went out in the desert and just wrote like a fucking mad record, which I thought was really cool. But like we made it very clear early in the interview, like we are not here to talk to Max Cavalera's kid. Like talk to us yeah. about like because he's he's in other bands, you know, and he's definitely had done interviews and shit before and i think that when your dad is is such a seminal figure in heavy music you probably end up getting asked about that a lot and it did go in that direction a couple of times like he was talking about his dad fucking picking him up from school with possessed playing in the in the car and shit like that which is dope as fuck but by and large i think it, it almost kind of caught him off guard i think because we we were just like tell us about you tell us about the things that you're interested in tell us about the music that you made tell us what you want to do like he's a novelist talked about that and then at the end of the podcast he was just like this has been a really cool genuine conversation guys thank you and we were like super touched by that so yeah. that that i think is really cool too how about i mean i know you've got the show's happening but like i know zach you got to meet maybe the frozen soul people and someone else too like how was that to meet someone that you would previously and i don't know if sure it was my cat just walked right off <laughs> <laughs> if you have uh how was that to like how do you broach that where you're like hey we've already talked and yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was kind of just like picking up like you already knew each other and just were hanging out like, you know, basically like meeting Shuler was really fucking sweet. And uh, Zach Simmons, was he couldn't have been any more gracious. Like I'm on we're on the list for like any goat horse show we ever want to go to and like he'll come and hang out. And, you know, we talked for like hours, just cool. great shit like that. Frozen Soul, Sam also totally, totally sweet. That was, uh, yeah, it's very cool. And looking forward to getting to do it more, bro. Next year will be bigger and you, you guys will be a part of it. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of how awesome this year was, 
Oh, okay. shit. What? Let's talk about some of our favorite music of the year, boys. Some of our favorite records. I'm interested to hear what you got. I know you got them. I know Rocco at least has the top five, at least, or something. <laughs> or the car- carcass and then all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, have n- I have never made a, uh, a top anything in my history of my existence but i threw some stuff down that i really liked this year i thought this year was really interesting because uh I, like you said for a carcass and i'm like kind of scrolling through uh after we talked yesterday and i was like what did come out here and it's tough to like you said it's tough where i'm like i got yeah. something in my mind and i'm like oh well that was 2020 that was you know, like shit yeah. so and going through it and uh how much like old school albums have come out again i'm just gonna run through like you know, just from, you know, from Carcass to Walk Up, Cannibal, uh, Cannibal. The fact that Cannibal and Carcass both put out an album in 2021 is insane. It's amazing to me, you know. And, and, and at the gates. And at the gates. And Walk Up, which is another thing. And Mr. Bungle, which is an album I bought at the same time as getting my first Cannibal Courts and Carcass album, which were three huge albums for me. Yeah. And I mean, I guess Brutal Truth was a big one too. And he sings on that new Walk Up album. So it was a I'll fucking like i don't know it was pretty cool but yeah i could i'll throw some out to you guys do you want me to throw something out? How, do you, how, do you, how do you want to do this how should, should there be a format we didn't rehearse this at all sure what do you think uh, I wanna, you know, I like, mean, let's, like, well rocco's are rocco's are we haven't heard from rocco in a while and yeah. i i think that all three of us probably have sort of a different means of of tracking right. down and consuming music and so i think that rocco Let's go. Uh, I want to. I want to hear Rocco go first, especially since Rocco has the most history with with mm. this kind of music. I think it was a so, year of not playing shows, so my meet seeing new bands live and getting to know them by playing shows with them and going to shows was a lot less. So there's a lot more of what you would say popular bands, you know, as popular as a death little band could get. But I did have a few good ones. I'll, I'll go like super, like you said, Carcass Torn Arteries was huge. Um, I think it's the I don't, it's, I thought it was, uh, you know, this, the perfect amalgamation of what they started and how they are now. It was a brutal album. And then uh, I'll stick with something else that's an all-timer is the new Hypocrisy album, which just came out um, like a month ago. And I thought Worship was uh, really, really cool. Um, It's one of those things where you listen to it the first time and it's tough to live up to 30 years of listening to a band. So you listen to it the first time and you're like, well, hmm, okay. And it's first, it's like the single comes out. It's like, oh, it's fucking awesome, new song. Then you're listening to the album and you're almost, I don't want to say you're underwhelmed, but you're, yeah, there's no history. And then you start listening to it and it's like, oh, and it starts opening up to you and all these little nuances come out and you're like, oh yeah, this is why I fucking love these guys. And these are new classics, but it's interesting how, the history of a band can affect the new stuff. And in some ways they're just not putting out good stuff anymore, but that's not the case with that new hypocrisy album. I think it's awesome. Um, let's see. I did mention Mr. Bungle. I thought that was a really good album that came out this year. And uh, one that I really, oh, we talked about a uh, typo. I thought the uh, Pale Horse Named Death album that came out was really cool. I wrote it down. Infernament in Terra. Yeah. So, and that was a really cool album. I like that one a lot. You got I, didn't out. I, I didn't even hear that, man. I need to check that out. Yeah, that's a moody, moody album. Real fucking cool shit. Um, if you're going to go for something a little offline, there's a band called K.O. Dot, which I'm a big fan of. They're from Boston. Used to be a band called Maud One of the Well. And uh, they are for fans of really weird, extreme music. Really like 
I don't know really even, there's no contemporaneous band that, that I could think of that would sound like that. Did they, did they put out a record like 10 or 15 years ago that had like an octopus on it? Yep. Or like a squid? Or, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recall, I vaguely recall them. I remember seeing them in like, I want to say Decibel magazine. Um, they're, they're American. They're, 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 they're like a heady like, band. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely weird. Uh, I am a big fan. That new album that came out was really good. Um, I'm just, I'll just go through some stuff. Oh, uh, one of the things that I found through you guys that I really fucking liked was the Warflirts album. Yeah. Uh, that really blew my mind listening to you guys. And I'll usually check stuff out on you guys. You guys have good taste. But that was the one that this year that I listened to on here that I really got into. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, I was like kind of blown away by how good that was. Um, so cool too, Mike. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that interview too. Didn't hurt that the guy seemed like a really cool dude. Um, Coming out of New Jersey, a band that we're really tight with, a band called Oxalate, they did not put out a album this year, although we did play a show with them, but the the guitar player is a band called Fernwa. And if you like, um, if you like Warflirts, you'll like these guys, a lot of crazy, uh, psychedelic, I guess you would say, kind of stuff. And they're on Horror, Pain, Gore, Death, who, you know, always got to shout out Mike for putting out cool stuff every year and keep going, never slowing down. So uh, there's some stuff. Uh, our friends Unhinged from New Jersey put out a really good grind album, just fucking blasting through like three tracks. It's called like Abyss of Shit. They've had a bunch of small nice. releases come out. And uh, yeah, those were some of the, the big ones for me this year. I like the new Dark Throne. Um, new Impaled Nazarene came out. I like that one, which is kind of cool that, you know, Alexi had his last album come back, came out with the Bodom After Midnight. And then... He was in uh, Impaled Nazarene for a while back in the day, so I thought that was kind of cool. But those were my big standout ones, you know. Solid. Can- Cannibal Corpse, of course. It was a, a fucking hammer to the fucking face. Solid. Um, and yeah, those were kind of the ones that really stood out to me this year. I guess you can't deny the Sabbath, uh, Dio Sabbath reissues were always a cool thing to get those little nuggets of, of Sabbath, right? Those were in the beginning of the year, I think. Yeah, there and, was quite uh, a few Sabbath reissues this year. Yeah. and that was a yeah that was really cool and if you don't like in a non-metal way saint vincent put out an album this year that was really cool but i liked a lot too. that's on my list bro i swear yes yeah. yeah i said this at daddy's home i love that one mm-hmm. that's yeah. a great album man yeah it's on my and list. i think it came i think it came out last year but uh thundercat i just got into this year but i think it came out at the end of last year but that thundercat album is really cool too it's uh Nate. Nate from um Inoculation told us to Nick. To oh yeah. Nick. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nick, 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 Nick. Nick. Yeah. Nick. yeah, Nick, the, he's a beast. Bass player, yeah, man. Thundercat's sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Jason Isbell, he's a guy who was in a band called Drive By Truckers for years. He put out a really good cover album too. But those are some uh um some more of the non-metal picks. And uh, I mean I work like you know, new to me stuff was like, you know, I did deep dive. It's a lot of random shit this year, but as the new stuff that came out, those are the ones that really, oh, yeah. really think that that lockup album was really cool to me to hear uh, uh, Kevin Sharp and Lindbergh together on an album. I really like that. All you need is Peter Tagren to do it, and we could get all the lockup guys together, but uh, that's probably not going to happen. But uh, I guess he were probably sad that Nick Barker left, I'm sure, because you, you need some cradle on any, anything you listen I, to. You need a little yeah. cradle in there. <laughs> Nick, Nick Barker, Nick Barker is one of the first drummer, like when I was in high school and I was really starting to get into heavier shit, like I remember hearing like Far Beyond Driven when I was really young and being like this, the, the, the bass drum on this is bizarre. 
but only because it was like these weird patterns, like in Becoming. Um, but then Nick Barker and Joey Jordison were the two, were two drummers that I heard when I was like 15, um, when that first Slipknot record came out and when Cruelty and the Beast came out. And I just remember being like, these people are fucking inhuman. Like, how do you do this shit? And then the best part is like when you see a picture of Nick Barker and you're like, this is a 300 pound man. Like that's fucking, that's, it was just, it was really cool to see, like, to think about like that kind of like endurance and dexterity um, in a dude that size. It was just really cool. And he's played on a lot of other records that I love. I love the records he did with Demon Borgir. Um, I don't know what Nick Barker is doing right now, but I hope that, uh, I just hope he's happy. Running around barefoot somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's played barefoot as hard as I remember. He's the only drummer I've ever seen with the move. So yeah, when he was with them, that's when I saw them the couple of times I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could you boil down a favorite of that, of that entire list if you had to pick one or two to be your favorite record of the year? Could we say it? Yeah, Carcass, 100%. Figured as much, yeah. Yes, that's uh, reasonable, totally respectable pick, bro. I mean, just the anticipation, and then they gave you that little little EP that was like, all right, okay, okay. Yeah. And then that, that came out, and uh, yeah, man. Like, I, I think I said when we talked last, it's everything that yeah. metal should be. It just, and that album just is like, it's that's just going to grow. Like, people are like, that's going to be a landmark album for people, I think, in some ways, because I, I just think... It's just because it's just the sound of it is it's it's every every faculty was available to them to record this album. So the songwriting of these dudes have been doing it for so long, mixed with a sound that is going to be. I mean, I don't know how much how much more recording of music can sound clear in the, in the future. You know, it's like I guess unless it's like going straight into your uh, your penis and right out your ear holes. Like I don't know how else you're going to get music more <laughs> into your body than the way we record music now and the headphones you have and the, the speakers. So I think that I'm just going to grow and grow in terms of the legacy of that, that band. And then people are going to go back. It's going to be kind of like discovering Peter Jackson did Bad Taste, where people are like going to go back and find this band and go, oh my God, what's Symphonies of Sickness? They did that? That's so crazy. Like I think that's really going to be a, a, a thing that keeps them super relevant out of all the old school dudes. That's cool. I think. The fuck do I know? But that's why. It's a really cool thought. You're probably right. I understand what they're doing with the album artwork, but I have to say that I don't like it. I, that oh man, I, I love that fucking album. I know. I get it, man. A lot of people do. I, just, I don't like it. I think it encapsulates. It's, it's, it's their humor right there. It just it get, sizes yeah. up. Exactly. And, the, and the history of like the, the making fun of the fact that their whole thing was like they used to be vegetarians and they hated you know, the fact that people ate meat, so they put all this gross human meat on their covers, which was not true, but we used to just make shit up back in the day because we didn't have the internet. You'd stay at a, you'd stare at a cloud long enough and hope it looks like a titty, and you'll make up some shit about carcass. Like, that's all we had to do, so. I love it. And look Good how great we day. turned out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three fine gentlemen. There we go. Well, well, let's hear some of yours, guys. Yeah, man. That's a I'll go. I'll, let's save Schuler for last. He'll drop the hammer. Oh, I got. Think of that. Now. Yeah. Let's see. I have my list up here. Hold on. Number ten, because I did this for the Patreon. Oh shit! We got a top I have, ten. I have, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was I, so haphazard. I was like a bunch of pieces of paper in a in a pocket, you, and you guys are all organized. No, I'm not. I I did this for the Patreon page, so that's why I have it. If oh, I okay. I would not have this. All right. Good. Soul diminished by celestial sanctuary. Solid, love that one. Dude's yes. awesome. 
that's what I've been nonstop listening to it since it came out, which is more than I can say for most records, especially in the death metal. Squealies, the legions and legions of squealies on that record. I love it. Methods of Human Disposal by Gravesend. Have you ever heard of Gravesend? It's a they're a uh, grind band, New York City, fucking awesome, just gross to the point. Love it. Number eight's Daddy's Home by St. Vincent. Nice. Yeah, love that shit. Great. What is what is is St. Vincent a band? St. Vincent is a woman, but it is a band also. You know, I think her. I think she goes by St. Vincent. I could be wrong. I'm not like the biggest St. Vincent fan in the world. Her name um, is Annie Clark. Yeah, but she just kind of calls the musical project St. Vincent. She had that name in a previous like, yeah, incarnation when she used to be in the. She was in the Polyphonic Spree. I don't know if you remember that band that came oh out a million God, years yeah. ago. I, actually, I do remember them. Yeah, and she was on a. She got her and David Byrne were together real tight for a while. But then, yeah, she's when she started putting out like full albums, it was just she just kept that statement and moniker. She's amazing. She's an incredible guitar player. Yeah, she's has, and has really cool live shows too. If you've ever seen her, just on it's worth checking out the Saturday Night Lives that she does because she has really cool orchestration and just wild sounds. And uh, she's a huge metalhead too. Yeah, she do amazing. interviews with her. She talks about being a big Pantera fan. I think she's from Texas and a big uh, Maiden and all, you know, the, you know, it's all the bases. That's pretty yeah. cool. This new one's very like 70s soul kind of funk vibes. So I, yeah, I, it's really I love cool. that shit. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, Dunbarrow 3 by Dunbarrow. They're very much like a doom rock band, kind of like witchcraft. Anything very dark and cool. I dig that. Uh, Black Metal coming up. A Diabolical Thirst by Spectral Wound. It's like old school Norwegian black metal. It's like super, super abrasive and hardcore. Like that shit a lot. Uh, number five, the new Dark Throne, Eternal Hails for the same reason. I, I, I thought that was, I'm not the biggest like Dark Throne person in the world, but uh, that album I thought was really creative and very cool. The way they, they change their sound in like every album at this point. And that yeah. one just is pure it's like i don't even know it's almost like yeah, their yeah. pro their prog album <laughs> like, i don't even know it's so it's cool, really man. hard to describe it's very yeah i love it though they're um, a band that is their sound is them they could put out anything and it sounds like them it's just a yeah something any band should ascribe to do where it's like it doesn't matter what genre and I, of course they they have to answer questions like oh well, this is our this album but no that's just fucking amazing i was really surprised by that album yeah, same. And I never knew that like their first album's like a death metal album. I always thought their first album was uh, whatever the one with fucking Transylvanian Hunger on it is. And I, I never really knew that they like came out came out of the gate more death metal sounding, and then they switched to being the uh, lo-fi black metal, which I never knew. Yeah, that first one's really brutal, and then uh, they kind of did change it up a little bit. And yeah. now they've every year they just kind of crank out some well, just whatever they feel like doing in three days and record it real quick, and boom. Sweet. Um, number four, aptly Lucifer Four by Lucifer. I fucking love Lucifer. Great rock record. Uh, the new Nick Cave and Warren Ellis record, Carnage, is number three. I also love Nick Cave. I love the super dark romantic shit. Uh, number two is the new I Hate God, History of Nomadic Behavior. I just had a ton of fun. I fucking love them. And number one's a little bit my favorite album of the year, I have to say is the Halloween kill soundtrack. Oh, nice. Who's that? I, I, John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and uh, Daniel Davies, because I am a huge, obviously huge horror movie soundtrack person, huge Halloween person, movie and holiday and everything about it. And I think that just from listening to this score, like I like to listen to it when I work out and like 
whatever, like just to have them on, set the vibe. I think this one's the best one since like probably season of the witch. It's so fucking cool. I highly recommend it. Anybody. And uh, yeah, that's probably just the record I've listened to the most this year. So I, I, that's my favorite one. Boom. Nice. Mic drop. <laughs> I, 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 I think that it's cool that your, your favorite record is like a, is an instrumental soundtrack album. Like, cause you can sort of, you can sort of populate that, I think, with yeah. motion in a, in a different way than you can, like something that's, you know, dedicated to one subgenre and that has, you know, a very specific kind of imagery, specific kind of like lyrical content, that kind of thing. So that's pretty cool, man. Thanks, man. I like yeah. the movie too. I thought I, I was really, I had a lot of fucking fun with Halloween Kills, man. I had no, I had no idea that it would be that polarizing either. People right. were just like either absolutely fucking falling over themselves about it or like just despised it. Really? There's there is no criticism anymore that's worth listening to. You gotta just watch it for yourself because everyone's just gonna hate things for hating them sake, and they're gonna extol the virtues just because uh, it's just you know it's just the way the culture is now. It's crazy to think that that level of you have that much access to other people's opinions that mean nothing that it affects how you think of that movie now. You know because that's gonna be part of how you view that movie is the the, the criticism of it when it shouldn't. But because it's just how you live life nowadays and have access to all these sounds and voices that mean nothing because it's a fucking teenage boy on a keyboard <laughs> like somewhere, but he's got enough followers that you see his shit. So um, I enjoyed that movie a lot too. I guess we should put honorable mention uh, the Ravenous soundtrack by Joe Waduka on there as our. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> Let's go. That's, that's very fucking emotionally populated for me, man. <laughs> Slowly losing my mind while wigging out on purple purple marijuana flower from the highlands of Colorado. That was I'm going to mail your wife CDs of that and just have her replace every CD you own with that. So every time you oh put it God. in, you just get triggered. I'm pretty sure we're high enough that a jump off the balcony would be fatal. It's going to find you naked running through the swamps. <laughs> Tearing your clothes off. Looking for David Arquette's blood. Too much. They need to do a sequel of Ravenous. I'd watch that shit. Yeah, Antonia Bird. I believe she passed away, the uh, director of that movie. Yeah. It would be something that Hollywood would pick up and change into something else. Anyway. <laughs> well, hey, I think it's your it's, it's Yeah, your, man. Uh, well, I didn't. I, I, so prepare to I say thought, a bunch of stuff I don't know. Yes. <laughs> you guys both were way more. Uh, underground than me I, mean, I feel like the uh, the poser guy i'm up here talking about yeah, I mean, no, you're mr fungal and that <laughs> i got a little of both like i didn't do i specifically didn't do a numbered list this year um just because like i remember sitting down to get ready to do it and i i just like i think i actually said out loud i don't want to i don't want to do this i don't want to do like a numbered list because a lot you know i I enjoy doing that. I actually do enjoy the making of lists, but I do think that with something when it comes to music, it's it can be particularly arbitrary. And I had this conversation last year with another dude who has a death metal radio show. And he was like, what's your rubric? And I was like, my what? <laughs> and and I, I got to thinking about it. And I was just like, really, at the end of the day, these are sort of, it's it's like, it's like if you see a rating system or, or uh, yeah, like a rating system for movies or music or something like that. So Chris Barnes does this shit on Twitter. Like he'll, he does these things called Barnes picks 
where he will rate a movie or whatever, and it'll be like a 6.4 out of 10. And I think to myself, that's so fucking absurd. Like, what is the difference between a 6.4 and a 6.3 or a 6.5? Um, yeah, and right. I just, as I was thinking this, I was also preparing for my my final uh, Gimme Radio episode of Malpractice of 2021. And I decided instead of doing a Christmas theme thing, at the last minute, I was like, okay, I'm already seeing a bunch of lists of, uh, you know, people's favorite death metal records of 2021. And a lot of it's got really good shit on there, but it, uh, there's a whole lot of the same stuff that's being repeated over and over again. And the same stuff that's being repeated over and over again was good. Like Frozen Soul. Everybody fucking heard the Frozen Soul record that came out this year. Everybody loves the Frozen Soul record. I love that record. I saw them live. Like awesome, awesome, awesome album. But with that platform, I think it's really cool to turn people on to new stuff if possible. So I went through, like, basically what I do is I go through iTunes and I have everything coded by year. And so I look at everything I've got for 2021 and I picked a bunch of shit that I didn't see on anybody else's year end lists. And I made a show out of that. Cool. Um, and, and in the time since then, I've just been posting pretty much everything that I heard and enjoyed in 2021 on Instagram. Um, just because I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that I could do like a numbered list. There are definitely albums that I listen to more than I listen to other albums. Um, but when it comes to talking about them, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I don't feel like doing the ranking thing this year. So I guess I'll just go through, I've got a list of, Let's see, 115 releases from 2021 that I that I bought and listened to. Obviously, some are going to be better than the others. Um, I really liked the Carcass record, of course. Um, I really liked that Cannibal Corpse record, of course. I think that that Cannibal Corpse record, man, a couple of the songs on there, the Rob Barrett songs on there are yeah. like the most accessible Cannibal Corpse I've ever heard. That Inhumane Harvest, like that's a fucking radio song, man. That shit's incredible. Um, I really, really, really liked that record. I like the Frozen Soul record. I like the Sangu Sugabog record. Um, I spent a whole lot of time. So the first half of the year, I was um, I was still driving back and forth between uh, DC and South Carolina, and so I spent a lot of time in the car listening to some of these albums. Um, I spent a whole lot of time listening to the new Asphyx record, Necrosaurus. That record's fucking awesome. Um, that band is just, like, since, since Martin Van Drunen has been back, I feel like they've been putting out shit that is as good or better than their first two records that people are, are that they're most well known for. Um, One of my favorite vocalists of all time, easily. Dude, he's, he's just like this unhinged fucking, he's unhinged in the same way that like Tardy from, from Obituary is, but at the same time, I feel like there's more of a, he's more articulate at the same time. And I think that that really brings something unique to the table. And yes, every album that he's been on with every band he's been a part of, I think has been really cool. Um, to, to have a unique voice in Death Metal is not the easiest thing to do. For sure. And for like, I think that's all, I've always been drawn to guys like him, like that, and the uh, Martin Shiring of Punch Stench, and like you know, the, like yeah. you said, like some of these guys, Don Tardy, early Don Tardy, especially, truly like makes like that unhinged madman is like yeah. brings that original feeling of danger. Yeah, where it's just a guy playing in front of instruments, but oh, 
It's fucking like Hannibal. Do they did they wheel this dude in like Hannibal Lecter before shows exactly. and into the studio and just fucking let him lose his fucking mind? That that to me sort of also defines Peter Dalving's records with the Haunted. Um, that mm. guy is this unchained fucking off the rails like and he he's singing too you know but it's always it's always about to fall apart is the way it feels and i i think it's really hard to find somebody else who has that approach and if we're talking about just like straightforward death metal martin van Buren is very much that dude hail of bullets that was one of my favorite new metal new or bands of the 2010s yeah that i wish was still around we got ass fixed baby <laughs> um I really like the At The Gates record. I, I think a lot of people felt that it went a little bit too proggy, um, but I, I still enjoyed it. I spent a lot of time with that. Um, the Bellacore record that came out a couple of months ago, Coherence. Um, I fucking, I love that band. I love their take on melodic death metal. It's definitely got more of a proggy feel to it, but it it's, I think that we call it proggy because the songs are really long. And I think more than anything, though, it's 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 more firmly in the realm of melodic death metal than prog. But um, they they have this really interesting knack of being able to take like a 10 minute long song and make that thing feel like it's three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that is a really, really cool quality for a band to have, especially in a genre where things can sort of end up sounding samey uh, from time to time. Delacour's album Coherence was excellent. Um, I got into, uh, like, I'd heard them before this year, but Bewitcher, um, just like straight ahead fucking speed metal, like singing about Satan and fucking, like, that's it. And that shit is awesome. They put out a record called Cursed Be Thy Kingdom that I thought was really good. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think of some ones that I'm just picking random shit off my list at this point, because the, the stuff that jumps out at me is the stuff that I'm most passionate about in this moment. Um, let's see. I loved the new Cradle of Filth record because Cradle of Filth don't miss. But one of the, one of my favorite things about the Cradle of Filth record, and this is, I think, this is the other side of the coin that you were mentioning earlier, Rocco. One of the things that I'll always remember about this Cradle record is just the massive like fan and non-fan embrace of this band at this point in their career. Uh, that sort of accompanied the release of this album. Um, that to me, like, yes, there's there's artifice in letting somebody else's opinion on something sort of shape the way that you see it. But at the same time, when you see somebody, when you when you when you think about like a band or like an institution that you love, right? Particularly one whose work has, in one way or another, over the years, been maligned, misunderstood, sort of like shit on. Or, or abandoned at certain points. Um, to see them like get, I don't know, I feel, like, I feel like Cradle of Filth is still putting out good records, but at the same time, each one in the, of the last three has been like a victory lap of sorts. And that makes me feel good because I'm like invested in that band, like emotionally, you know? Um, so while I love the songs on the record, I think that they went back to more immediate catchy stuff in a lot of places on this album. They brought back the interludes that they hadn't had in a couple of records. Um, just classic vintage Cradle of Filth, um, some solid thrash flavor on there, but like it, people just loved the record and that made me really happy. Plus it was really cool to get like Danny Filth singing about like climate change, 
Like that motherfucker got Doug Bradley to come do <laughs> got Doug Bradley to come do narration on one of these songs, and he's talking about like human impact on the planet and like wiping out animal species. And I just I don't know. I think it's cool that a band who has made their bread and butter, um, you know, fantasy creatures and uh, you know gothic sort of um, again true. fantasy, yeah, like. To, to see Danny Filth be like, the world is fucking insane. And everything that's going on, like, these are the end times. Let's just do a record about that. I thought that was pretty cool, man. That's a big flex. From uh, Jesus is a cunt to save the whales in 30 exactly, years. Exactly, man. Like, exactly. I can, I can appreciate that. It's the yeah, same man. vibe at this point. Fuck yeah. I had, I had a great time with Cradle of Filth this year because of you, Shuler. I know. <laughs> I like their new album quite a bit. I literally send sure any article I ever read about Cradle of Filth because so he just that that's what I think of. I, it's yeah. one of those things. So my affinity for them is higher than it would be if I didn't know you. So I see that makes me feel good. Like that's something that's 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 a part. I of watched it. and I watched the new video the other day and I was like, uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't listen to that album too much. But uh, I was thinking like his. Like that guy knows how to write a good vocal line, man. Like it's very catchy, and he that's does. always fun to listen to. He does, and he, when you when you have that kind of fucking when at this point, like extreme music and extreme vocals are so commonplace. I think, or uh, I think it's possible to immerse yourself in that kind of music and not hear anything else in a way that the inter- only the internet can allow you to do. Right, and I think I think that that band is not meant to be played through my. 32 inch television either you no know, there's way too much going on yeah there's a whole to, lot going on but yeah, I, I, I just I judge it think, by that i do think that one of danny Phil's biggest like one of his best qualities as a songwriter is the ability to take what is really unbearable racket when it comes to vocals like it's it's screeching it's it's a horrible horrible noise <laughs> but it's good he like he takes that shit and he his vocal pattern is great and his deliveries are great and his lyrics are always really fun man it's like it's it's just cool it's something that i that i really enjoy and it's uh, one of the things that i like most about cradle of filth is that i still like them as much as i liked them when i was a kid and for a lot of the same reasons and i can't say that about a lot of the music that i grew up with you know um let's see what else that enforced record kill grid was fucking insane um dungeon serpent album was when i got the email for that announcing its release from uh desert wastelands it, it said brutal melodic death metal as the description and i was like all right i don't even need to hear this i'm fucking sold i don't know what this means um but i'm i'm gonna find out i'm gonna listen to this shit it's gonna be incredible um one of my so one of my most listened to records of 2021 is actually a slam record from a band who released it's their first album um it is a band called insect inside they're from russia and they dropped a record called the first shining of new genus it's on gorehouse records and like there's no there is no reason that I should like this band as much as I do, but I just feel like they, they embody all of the shit that I want from slam at this point. Um, the, the production is flawless. Uh, the, the riffs are catchy. Um, the beats are really, really good. It's just fucking really cool, man. 
Um, in second side was a killer slam record. Pyrexia put out a fucking record a couple of weeks ago. That is, they have no business putting out a record that good at this point in their career, man. Um, easily the best thing that they've done since Sermon of Mockery. And like, I, I mean that, like, I, I, and I can't, I can't imagine anybody looking at the records they've done since then and disagreeing with me. Um, Noel. Noel appeared on my radar for the first time in 2021. Uh, a grind band, a death grind band from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, young dudes. Oh very, yeah, I know who those guys are. Sorry. Yeah, very. No, that's a, a very sort of outside. Um, a lot of the the genre conventions, I think that that most people go to the the deathier kind of grind for at this point in the genre's evolution. Um, there's melody there. There's they remind me a lot of Worm, a South Carolina band who put out a record last year called Colony Collapse. It was really really good. Um, but Noel, Noel, Noel put out a full length called Interstice that was incredible. And they also put out a split with Autolith that was, that had really, really good songs on it. Um, definitely listen to them. Uh, another comeback record that blew my fucking mind was Massacre. Massacre has no business putting out a record that good at this point, but like, I was going to mention that. Yeah. That was such a cool surprise. I, I love how Cam Lee was just like, let's go let's just bring some guys in to write a record for us. And, and it literally sounds like he got Roger Johansson and I think Scott Fairfax, I think is his name. He's in Memoriam, I think. And a couple other like veteran players. And I swear to God, they got these guys on like a Zoom call um, between South Florida and uh, Sweden and the UK and wherever else. And I, I can just, I can see Cam Lee going, okay, You've heard from beyond, right? Yeah, we've heard from beyond. All right, do that. <laughs> because that, I mean, it really does. And like, there's callbacks everywhere from the lyrics to the titles, to the song structures. Like it really is like this sort of, this updated mirror image of that album. And while that should be a bad thing, I think a lot of people would probably tell you like, that's not, an admirable thing to to go for to just retread ground that you've already like retread i i think that they did it and they made it work and it's so catchy it's so heavy um if you have doubts about massacre go back and check that shit out because it rules obscura put out a really good record um it's like a melodic a progressive melodic technical death record there's like a whole lot more melodic influence and straightforward shit on this than they've done before um i spent a lot of time listening to that even though it is a relatively recent release what else that's the band that used to be necrophagist right obscura isn't it like dudes from uh, I, so christian moonser Mün uh was in necroph necrophagist um he played on i think one album in obscura uh and then left but he came back for this most recent one um him and uh and uh, i'm butchering these people's names and i'm sorry J jerome paul teasling um who is i, I he's he was in pestilence i think but he, he also played on a couple of earlier obscure records both those guys came back after a long absence for this record and it is it's really fucking good man uh super catchy it's one of those times where you've got a band who 
is made up of like seasoned, experienced players of death metal. Um, also guys who are like classically trained, incredibly talented musicians. Um, it's got the slide fart bass and everything on it, which I, I go nuts for. Um, but at the same time, while all this shit is incredibly complex, they make it look and sound so easy. And to me, that is a very enviable uh, quality for a band that plays this kind of music. I think that it adds to the catchiness. If you can take something that's really complex like that and make it sound super straightforward and catchy, like that is a bigger trick than being able to play like the most impenetrable, unlistenable tech death to me anyway, you know? Usually if something's labeled as tech death, I'm usually not interested, but uh, the stuff I've heard by them is definitely not as a, uh doesn't keep me at an arm's length as a lot of that stuff tends to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot more progressive elements and melodic elements to it. And, and again, it's, it's very listenable. Like it's not a lot of, a lot of tech death sort of demands a lot from the listener. Yeah, it's like homework. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and while I do enjoy that to an extent in a lot of cases, it's also really refreshing to see people who are really focused on song craft just as much as they are acrobatics. Um. Steel Bearing Hand put out a fucking amazing thrash record uh, going from like old school eating back to life era cannibal corpse sound and shit to like uh, rain and blood era slayer sounding shit with like a little bit of southern Texas barbecue sauce on it. It's it is so so catchy. Um, that record's called Slay in Hell. I loved it. Uh, I'm going to choose, let's see, this is just a really long list, man. I'm trying to, to, to pick like one more just to narrow it down to, to save time. Um, I'm going to go with one that is, this is one of my not death metal releases of 2021, of which there were very, very few, um, but it's somebody that we had on the podcast. It's a band that had to change a little bit in its most recent incarnation, but who I've loved for a number of years now. Um, throughout their last couple of releases they're called unto others at this point um and they released a record called strength on roadrunner records and god damn dude that is so good yeah i forgot about that really i fucking love that record that should be my it is so cashy and it is so dark there's like there's drug abuse there's lost love there's like a a very graphic school shooting song like and i'm not saying these are necessarily topics that that bands should aspire to um but having having had gabe on the podcast and like having seen sort of what a genuine dude he comes off as i think that it is it's interesting from that angle to see sort of the the lyrical areas that he chooses to to mine um that was brand new to me i'd never heard of them and as a long long lifelong uh catatonia fan it was right up my alley of listening to and it's you know it's lyrical stuff that you know it's been touched on catatonia is a big they touch on a lot of that same stuff and yeah. going to typo type you know and anathema which is another band i love yeah, yeah so yeah. uh it kind of fits into all those little pegs and yeah i'd never even heard of those dudes so that was another one of my big surprises from listening to the show this year was yeah. uh, those guys because that's like one of those weird things that it's like it's it's out of the box compared to death metal, but the indie kind of people that should be listening to that stuff won't touch it because it's too much metal. So yeah. it kind of falls like like I said, like Catatonia, I always thought which should have been a huge band. But the fact that they yeah. have a death metal lineage and they're on a death metal label and their image 
uh, album-wise and stuff, is still kind of dark, too dark for what would traditionally be like the pitchfork crowd of uh, music listeners. It kind of kind of fucks them a little bit. So, I mean, that's what that's what Europe and other countries are for, right? To embrace stuff like that. But uh, right. But yeah, yeah, big surprise. I like those guys a lot. Very cool, very cool record. And one more, I gotta mention it. I can't not mention fluids. Uh, um, aborted fluids, too. Fluids, huh? Aborted also. Their new record was great. Yes. So, well, fluids put out a ton of shit this year. They dropped their third full length, not dark yet. They put out a split with pharmacist okay. called Feeling Young. They put out a split with oxidized razor called Smile in the World Smiles with You. Um, they, their new vocalist, Brennan Westermeyer, who also has a band called Thorn, that's really cool, Doom, um, walked in and filled some pretty fucking big shoes with Cole Jacobson, who, Cole is the reason that I found out about Fluids, because I've been a big Lago fan since I saw him in 2012. Um, I really do think that Fluids is one of the most unique bands in death metal at this point, and a lot of people, I think, would listen to that first record and that second record and say, this is really just a mortician knockoff, but it's not. Um, and, and they continue to evolve in a really interesting direction that moves them further and further away from that sort of traditional mortician brand of gore grind um, towards this bizarre amalgamation of like industrial drums and super catchy like fucking slam pit riffs, but also with like these crazy fast blasting and, and fast picking guitar interludes or not interludes, but like verses. Um, I think that the, the vocal approach that, that Brennan brings to the band is really cool. Um, I have heard some of the shit that Fluids is sitting on right now that's going to be coming out in 2022, and I think it's some of the catchiest shit that they have done yet. Uh, just a band that I'm genuinely excited about, and also like a band that, that does dangerous things. I, I, I think that in death metal, in a genre where, you know, there's not a whole lot of, there's no verboten uh, topics to sing about anymore and I think in a lot of cases when you do go in that direction it just feels trite at this point um, and a lot of it ends up sort of modeling on earlier shit that you know while it might have been edgy at the time it was a child's version of something that was edgy it was a genre that was just being born so when we see returns to things like you know misogyny and shit like that it's just it's I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, fuck bands that do that, but I will say, like, I do have a lot more, I am much more interested in bands that go in other places. And with Fluids, I think the use of some of the audio that they bring into their songs via samples, like that to me is, it strikes that same chord that I think true crime does for a lot of people. Like it is, it's made palatable by its presentation but there is something very dark and, and real about where it comes from and, and if you know where it comes from, right? Um, and if you don't, you, know, you, you sort of have this thing in your imagination where you get to fill these sounds with horrible things that may be happening and you may, you may be entirely right, you know? Um, that to me is, is, it's just this really surreal combination. Um, and I, I, I like that band a lot. I'm really excited to do it, see what they do in the future. Um, and Fluids is another one of those rare bands. There are only a couple of them that keep me just as excited as a fan of this music um, as the, the nerdy fucking scholar side of me that is like, 
if we if we look at the rhetorical implications, the sonic rhetoric implications of what is taking place in this music, we we go to some very very interesting places in extreme music, um, and that that to me is very cool. Yeah, their use of samples reminds me of um, there used to be a label called Cold Meat Industries, which was had a lot of crazy, you would say industrial music, but not skinny puppy type. It was a lot of sound and craziness and the band named Brighter Death Now that would just have some of the wildest things and the really just a dark descent into hell through yeah. your ear holes. And uh, the stuff I've heard from uh, Foots kind of matches that pretty good. But uh, if you ever want to check out some wild shit, uh, anything on cold meat industries from the 90s was always fucking wild, especially Brighter Death Now. That, they have an album called Inner War, which is uh, it's a... I remember once my mom walking in when I was listening to it and she was just ready to send me to the, to the fucking clink, to the, the military school, to the shrink. <laughs> it's like, I don't know where I got to send you, but this is what you're listening to in your room alone. You need some fucking help, young man. Brighter what? death now. And the record is inner war. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. I'm going <laughs> to do that today. Yeah, I'm going to check one. it out too because I do not know that. That's nah, a little fucking, that's a thing. But. Yeah, we- Man, so 2021 was 2021 was a good year. I, I think that it's it's really at this point, I really do feel like we, you know, COVID's never gonna end. Um, our lives are gonna be impacted by this in one way or another. Uh, I, I think for the rest of our lives. And oh, absolutely. I, I do think I do think that it is, you know, it, it might seem almost asinine. To, to say, look on the bright side. And I'm not trying to do that, especially, you know, we had a rough COVID year. Like my wife's dad died from that shit. Like it's been a rough fucking year. But at the same time, I do think that being stuck indoors and being stuck in a place where you have to sort of rely on these different modes of communication that you're maybe used to also provides really unique opportunities to expose yourself to, you know, more of the music that you find interesting, harder to find music that you think is interesting. Um, and I, I, I hope that that can enhance people's lives and maybe give them a little bit of a chunk of some of the stuff that's been taken away. And also at the same time, do something for these people who are creating this shit, you know? Um, it's been really cool to see, even at the expense of livelihoods, at the expense of commerce, at the expense of public health, at the expense of socialization, um, to see fucking gross ass death metal bands uh getting a ton of exposure and getting really big wide-reaching fan bases because everybody is stuck at home and doesn't have anything else to do at this point i think i mean like you like we're saying the amount of old school bands that put out albums in 2021 is is cool but the flip of the coin is that yeah like a lockup and all these bands put out albums and they could be super successful because they don't have to tour Bands that are like the level of me and a lot of other bands in my level, it's like playing one show in one year is means my band grew zero, <laughs> pretty much. And unless we get on a, a like a label, like a cooler label that people will buy anything for, then we're probably it's it's tough to grow your thing. And I guess maybe it's a way of growing a new way to do stuff, like and people by using social media and stuff like that. But there's yeah. still just a certain level of if you're not invited if you're not if, if someone can't find you because of certain reasons there's a there's a ceiling for you so i definitely like you know it, it's definitely been That's, a tough year to become bigger than we as big to be not even bigger is such a shitty word to say just to be exposed 
you know, we had an album come out in November of 2019, and uh, we played one show, to, two shows to support it, you know, and then that album, unfortunately, just kind of, it just it didn't get anything because we were not able to. We had to cancel our tours, and we didn't get the word of mouth, the old school thing. So it's just relying on social media and guys like you who have definitely helped out. But there's a certain level. So it's great that, yeah, like I'm sure like these guys, these bigger bands could keep putting out really cool albums and they're still going to sell. But yeah. the, the lower level bands are definitely the ones suffering by not getting on the tours and not well, just getting in cars and playing small clubs because smaller clubs are still dead. Like so many clubs died. Yeah. That. And that is, that, that is, that is definitely the dark tales flip side of, of the of the coin and like i said in a in a perhaps in, no it's not perhaps in a definitely naive way i am trying to find like pluses to all of this yeah but, you should i mean it's a thing that we're going to deal with for the rest of our lives so but I, I and i do think though like that instead of i i think that what this does is present an opportunity and, and it's it, it sucks because it would be great to just be able to go out on the road and to play but yes with with you know social media being the primary way that people are exposed to new music at this point, there's also a saturation problem that, that sort of infiltrates every aspect of information on the internet, right? There's no, it's very difficult to always tell who you can trust, sort of the loudest voice or the showiest presence is the one that's going to draw the most eyes. Um, and for me, which, you know, as somebody who's not in a band, as somebody whose art is not resting on you know, being seen um, before and above other people, to me, it is just a really interesting puzzle to try and solve. Um, because my, the thing that I like to do most from, from, you know, whatever it is that I do, I'm not entirely even sure what I call it, um, is just to advocate for the shit that I like, for the bands that I like, um, and for the, for the people behind those bands. Um, in hopefully new and creative ways. And so while I do hope that there are more opportunities for bands to play shows, um, while I do hope that there is definitely in 2022 more of that sort of traditional presence of what we've come to expect from heavy music. So touring, playing local shows, festivals, I would love to see all that shit. Um, at the same time, I'm gonna take this sort of as a challenge to myself to try and take the bands that I like, like Chain to the Dead, and see like what other ways we can find new listeners these bands because there's so much fucking when i say old school death metal i'm not necessarily talking about old bands like younger like wretched inferno band that we had on here um those guys are in high school uh put out a fucking killer death metal record this year it's their first lp um got some decent exposure but like i as i sit here thinking about that record and how much i listened to it and how much i enjoyed it i do think to myself what could I have done to maybe to spread this thing around a little bit more? Um, and so, like I said, while I hope, while I hope that bands are able to go back to doing the more tr traditional way of promoting themselves and of growing in 2022, um, since I am perpetually online anyway, I'm going to take this as sort of a challenge to myself to see what I can do to, to maybe elevate the bands that I like further than they already are. If I can, if I have that kind of power, which I don't know that I do. And I will be there to ride into the eternal night with you on that mission. <laughs> Yes. Well, we, I mean, like, it's, this is 2022 is going to open up a lot of doors. I think me and Zach have had some really interesting conversations. 
Um, you'll, people will hear more about those conversations at a later date. But the thing that I am most excited about is finishing my goddamn doctorate this year. Hell yeah. I, like, I, I, dude, I'm 38 years old. I'll be, I'll almost be 39 when I finish this thing. I've been in school for 10 years, man. I'm tired. I'm yeah. fucking done. And when I finish, like, that's going to open up a whole lot of, you know, sort I've, uh, you know, COVID has sort of, bet between COVID and sort of like other uh, little avenues, unlikely things that I found myself in, like a radio show on a college campus, um, these have sort of really opened up creative avenues in which I would really like to pursue my interests, but that I have not been able to fully because I have, you know, limited time and resources and all of that shit has to go to this, this one thing that I've been working on for so long. Once I'm done with that thing, holy shit, um, there's going to be some cool stuff happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. We are too, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. My boys, my dogs. This is great. What good dudes? What <laughs> good dudes? <laughs> what a disorganized top 10. I loved each and every one of our top 10s. <laughs> ah, man, this is, uh, that's, hey, we said, we have said from the beginning of this whether it was, on purpose or not, I think Zach brought this up earlier. Maybe it was sort of this tacit understanding and we never actually said it explicitly. But I, I do think that one of this podcast's strengths and with the changes that are coming to these podcasts, um, hopefully we will continue to be able to do this. But I do think we're moving into a format that's going to be more conducive to this. I think that like sort of this rote um, top 10 list type thing doesn't make for as good of a conversation as just people with no expectations sort of shooting the shit and seeing what happens yeah um we and as as you know we've been doing that for in that format for a year now um sometimes you get talkers and it, it goes in really interesting places sometimes there there are people on here who are super interesting who make really cool art but just don't have a whole lot to say and that's fine too um, but I do think that when we can find ourselves in situations where it's just a no holds barred conversation that could go in any direction, mm -hmm. um, which means not necessarily being tethered even to music, right? Um, I think that some interesting things can, can begin to take place. And so here's to 2022, man. We, we, had, we made the best of 2021, difficult fucking year for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, but I am trying to put on a rare display of optimism, optimism. <laughs> at this particular moment. Um, and I, I actually am feeling good about it right now. Now, ask me in 20 minutes, and I might be like, man, fuck this shit. Fuck 2022. But like right now, at this moment, the energy coming off you boys is fucking pumping me up. And I think that we're going to have a good year. We are going to have a good year. And it's because of people like you, man. And all of you listening, because yes. great. if you listen to this, you're, you fucking rock. Yeah, right? man. If you, if you, you like fucking, I, it was, uh, Dave, David Gupta from, from, uh, world eaters who we had on the show. It, that dude put out a fucking killer EP. He, when he was posting his Spotify wrapped, um, I think we were his most listened to podcast and it was like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like a hundred hours or so, 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 I was like, are you, did you really do that? Or am I reading this wrong? Yeah, just, just put that on. Like 
it's like a hundred minutes of your time, right? Not that much, not, not many hours, but like if you, so if you are listening to this and you put in that much time, we really appreciate you. We like you a lot. We hope that you like what we're doing and we certainly hope that you like what comes next. Please stay tuned, stick around. Oh, let's mic drop it on that, man. Boom, you- we'll see you boys. Thank you boys, that was awesome. Happy New Year. Happy New Merry Year. Christmas. Take care of yourselves. I love you. And I will be talking to both of you soon. Absolutely. Right, Thanks, Rob. Yeah, take Deuces. care. Good to see you. Peace. Peace.